Put on your safety goggles. It's Uncle Says. Welcome to this week's Uncle Says, a weekly discussion of what it's like to make short videos and YouTube from China. I am your host, Emily, and with me in the background, as always, is Peter. Other host. We are coming to you live to tape at beautiful Whoop Woo Studios in Luzhou, Sichuan, China. It is Sunday night, and we are ready to go. Um, the show comes to you in five segments. First, we talk about how's your uncle. We just check in with, with our day-to-day -day life here in China as expats. And then we'll continue on to conducting business where we get into the nuts and bolts of what it's like to take care of a YouTube channel. Commentary, we go specifically video by video through the videos we put up this week with a little behind the scenes tidbits on each of them. Then Homeschool Film School, a new segment we introduced last week in which we talk more specifically about, or more generally, excuse me, more generally about a piece of the art that we do, some kind of creative practice that we do. And then finally we wrap it up with Watch It, where we give you a nice video or media recommendation of something we enjoyed that we think maybe you might enjoy. Our big story tonight, I'm going to talk a lot about interviews in the homeschool film school. But first, let's kick things off with How's Your Uncle? All right, so this week was kind of a big week for me. We started off the week, it was my first day back at school after the Spring Festival holiday, and then Peter and I had to renew our residence permits, which is always exciting when we have to go see the police to get our paperwork renewed. This time it went really unusually smoothly. We just, I had to go in the morning with my coworker because she didn't know exactly what paperwork we needed, and then so the guy there he knows us, it's a small city and very few foreigners, so the guy who does the foreigners, he knows all the foreigners. Um, he gave us a list and then we came back with all that paperwork in the afternoon and then bingo bango, it was done. So I was, I was kind of dreading that meeting and it actually went super well. And then school also started and that's, you know, why I get a residence permit because I teach at a school. Um, the first week for me and all the other elective teachers, I teach English, um, we don't have any classes so I just kind of helped organize stuff or really kind of showed my face around the school because the big deal this, ter this semester is my boss told me not enough people know that we really actually have foreign teachers at our school so they're doing a lot of efforts to get our, there's a, another foreign teacher and then our manager is also American. So they're trying to get us all to put our faces out there more because photographs can be faked. <laughs> um, but real warm bodies at your school, that's likely that you do actually have foreign teachers. And so our, our principal wants to get that word out 
Um, cause you it haven't is... tried putting up any dummies? <laughs> no, we haven't tried dummies yet. Um, our, our art teacher might be pretty good, but I don't know. <laughs> but because, like I said, Lujo is a real small town, small city. It's about like two million in the city. <laughs> but um, for China, that's small, and we don't have a lot of foreigners, so having a foreign teacher is real, really a special thing for schools here. And being a kindergarten with foreign teachers is like insane. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was just like showing my face around to the parents this week and getting organized for the semester ahead. So it was pretty actually uneventful. And then not to do with school or living here, um, well kind of to do with living here, the Asian squat. So I read an article about this in the Atlantic a few months ago that confirmed my feeling of all Chinese people here can do this squat like they'll just be like waiting for the bus and there's no chair chairs or benches <laughs> so they can they they just squat and it's comfortable and the thing is they have their feet flat on the floor and then their knees up perpendicular to the ground and they can just sit like that and it's comfortable and me and Peter too you can't do that right I could. I could is it over. is it comfortable? Mm. It, until your legs fall asleep. Oh well, maybe Peter could do it, but <laughs> I can't do it. When I squat down, my heels come off the ground, and my knees are like forward over my toes. So it's like I'm I'm entirely a different shape. And I so this article in the Atlantic confirmed that um, there might be something physiologically different between people who can do that and people who can't. Um, and I believe that article said it was that their Achilles tendon was longer and more, maybe more stretched out. And so there was, it comes up because that's also the squat you do over the squat toilet. And you're much more stable if you have your heels down on the ground than if you don't. But also just for relaxing <laughs> when there's no benches or chairs. But anyway, so it's kind of been in the back of my mind that I want to be able to do this. And so I was wondering if I could stretch my Achilles tendon to make that more comfortable. And then in my yoga class this week, we do that squat as an exercise and everybody else does it as no problem. And then like, they're putting their arms out, they're doing different things. And I am like barely balanced. I can't, I can't do what they're doing. So I asked my yoga teacher about it and she said that it was actually... The, how open your hip is where your the the big your thigh bone connects into your pelvis and she's gave me some stretches to do so I'm excited about that I realize telling the story maybe that's not an exciting <laughs> story but I'm really excited to see if I can change my physiology to be able to squat down like everybody else around me can do um, so I'll keep you updated on that um, pictures yeah, I gotta, I gotta get a strap because the, the stretch is like put your leg over your head, laying down. But you know, so I'll keep you posted. And let's move on to conducting business. Conducting business. How about? All right. So this week's business, I want to talk a little more about 
searchability, which is like the bane of YouTubers' existence. But this is a searchability pitfall that we've kind of worked out between the two of us this, this week. Um, the idea, the big idea that the, the gurus tell you. What's the big idea? Um, see what other people in your niche are doing and do videos like that. But I feel like, and we found that that can kind of cause a false sense of genre standards where there really isn't one. And I'll give you an example. So we had our video on Monday was going to the park, a walk in a Chinese park, which is something that a lot of China vlogger YouTubers do. And it is something that nobody looks up. Nobody looks up park in China. And if you since, do look it up, tell us down in the comments. Yeah, if you do look it up, <laughs> click on our video and then tell us in the comments. But, and similarly, like, a trip to the grocery store or my apartment tour or there's a bunch of, like, genre conventions to the China vlog scene that are only conventions because vloggers see other vloggers doing it, but there's not actually any demand for these videos. I can imagine they're fairly similar to other countries, other foreign... Oh, yeah, yeah. Your, your basic everyday, how do you live your life kind of stories, which is interesting to a point. Well, and also definitely you can't sell them on the specificity. It has to be more... Because that's... If you're already popular... People will look at what you're doing no matter what. But if you're not popular, the searchability, the ability to show up and search is really important to find new viewers. And so you have to, like, title your vlog something that is something, something that is a subject that people are already looking for. Because so you, you can make the best video about snail, oh. snail cottages. But if, the, if no one's actually looking for that, then, you know, that's not... So you're advised to look at the more popular people in your genre yeah. and then copy what they do. Yeah. But the, there's, the flaw is that these standards kind of emerge from the will of the people creators that is not matched by any kind of actual demand. So every vlogger essentially has to pay homage to all the different pastiche of what I must do an apartment video, I must right, do right, a, right. a public transportation video, I must do a vacation video, etc, etc. Yeah, and that's, so the way, the way around that is then you still have to market that video as China Vlog or whatever is the actual search term that people are using, but it's, it's, it's good to keep an eye on your competition. It's good to know what other people who are like you are doing doing for their marketing. But it is also, that's not actually a good gauge for any kind of watchability. And the other, the other kind of fork on this is similarly to like quality control. Sometimes, without calling anyone out, sometimes better better than the other guys is still not really like good enough for viewers and so I think you it's important to and this is something we've realized as we kind of push and pull with with how interested we are in 
in keyword research. It's, it's so boring, but it is, does have to be done. But that also, you need to have your own focus in terms of the quality and the subject of what your video is. And it, it can't just be better than the other guys. It has to like actually be good. Yeah, and hopefully you've, you've figured out a way to make it even more exciting. If somebody says, if everyone does an apartment video, how do you, what does an apartment in China look like? Well, by this point, there's like, you know, 250,000 apartment videos out there. So if you want yours to shine at all, it's got to be like, you know, this is my apartment on fire. Right. Filled with weasels, and that's why it's going to be so much. Watch me vomit all over yeah but and there. still you'd have to figure out a different search term because apartment full of weasels i can probably guess it's not right something that anyone's typing into the search engine which again that's like the the crux of of how do you maintain your creativity while playing the marketing game on youtube because it's impossible it's impossible to look for fun new thing that I'll love but I don't know what it is. Yeah. And that's we're kind is. of aiming to be that for people, no less than. <laughs> <laughs> but like how do we get people to see the fun new thing that you'll love it but you don't know what it is yet? Because you're looking up what you know. I'm looking for if I'm if if you are and I you know, very few people are looking up what's it like to live in China. Yeah. Then you're going to ask What's it like? What's an apartment look like? Right. Well, they all look the same, so right. <laughs> it gets very boring very quickly. Yeah. So there isn't a, a, an exciting new busting out of the genre version of China Vlogger that yeah. isn't, here's me getting on a bus and possibly looking silly as I try to talk to a Chinese person. Yeah. That's yeah. our life. And also in, in comparing yourselves with others and not comparing yourself to others, um, something that we kind of talked about a lot this week was the fact that people's view numbers doesn't actually tell you, like, did people, did their audience only watch five seconds of their video? Does their audience come back regularly? We, ha we have a joke, inside joke with ourselves of, like, only quality views, which is, you know, we want people who watch the whole thing and want to come back and watch us next week and... and the numbers are astonished, astonishing on how much of any video even by popular people that the people watch like 20% if you're lucky of any video yeah 20% is considered a good figure yeah 20% so it's time. worse than like having your 500 channels on your cable box that you yeah click around in between like your people aren't even waiting for commercials they're just like watch a minute of something and turn it off turn on something else turn it off yeah and so it is it's kind of false to compare yourself to someone else who has like 5,000 views on their video, but they only like got a minute of watch time from all those views. I don't know. It's just kind of demoralizing and motivating at the same time. <laughs> it's a tough... Quantifying all this is really tough and is not like helpful. For being creative, I don't think. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's still definitely a necessary evil. If anything, it's it's the motivation to like, do you really love what you're doing? You better yeah, do it yeah. because you love what you're doing, and not yeah. because you're trying to be popular. Yeah, because trying to be popular versus doing the thing that you love, those are two different goals. Yeah. In general, not just in YouTube. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> YouTube specifically is like a crucible for like. 
do this to be popular. Do this to stay true to your art. <laughs> there, you don't, you can't fulfill two at once. Yeah, it all it all depends on what you're in it for. I mean, because yeah. to some people that is what they're in it for, and that's fine. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's a little absurd to me to to think of like you do what you want. <laughs> Of all the things I want to do in the world, I want to have a how-to channel on YouTube so I can rake in that YouTube advertising dough. <laughs> you need but, those extra, like, 20 cents a month. That'll yeah, really, yeah. Really I mean, maybe you don't want to work retail anymore. I understand retail's horrible. Um, but, yeah, so that's our, that's our business. Let's go on to commentary. Okay, so we are continuing with the three videos a week schedule. We had a giraffe video, which is brand new. Um, these these are not repostable videos. We did, giraffe we made last week and put it up last week about, like I said, going to the park. And then our two legacy videos were one about the Dragon Boat Festival and one about picking English names for Chinese students. So let's talk about our park video first. And what's the what's the full name of our park video? Semi-secret park on an almost blue sky day. Yeah, so that one, um, simple. I just, I went to the park <laughs> and it was beautiful and it was, everyone was out, everybody was enjoying the weather and it was this long, long, series of staircases down to the river and then you know the whole thing was really beautiful um but i think for us the significance of this video is that we're kind of we're still keeping the vlog pretty simple in pre-production and actual production and then peter is is slowly adding more animation and production in post which i i think has really been successful yeah if we have if the this is our, our most vloggy area where we just stay in the studio, show you some, maybe some video footage, kind of like a, like a, I don't know, entertainment weekly kind of segment. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, we stuck with the four segments with one is like a story of something that's happened to me, a thing we bought on Taobao, a complaint, and then a viewer comment of the week. And I think, you know, that's really strong. We did get a comment on this video that, not on YouTube, on Reddit, mm -hmm. is that right? Who said I talk too slow? Oh, yeah. Um, which we spent a lot of time unpacking that as a criticism because part of it is the character of me is really uns unsure of herself and stutters and talks down conversational cul-de-sacs. <laughs> but we did ultimately decide that we were already feeling that way and so that we wouldn't just necessarily change because one commenter said they didn't like something but they kind of confirmed something we had both been thinking um <clears throat> and so that has resulted in tighten up that the story portion which is the only one way to really gauge it is when because we watch these videos over and over again as we're doing the editing is if you're watching it as the creator and you find yourself drifting off yeah. parts. I mean, you watch it over and over again, so, like, of course you know it's coming, but, like, if you're not, like, excited about, like, okay, here comes the next, like, 30 seconds. It sounds like only 30 seconds, but 
when you have it in your head like, all right, I'm going to tune out for 30 seconds, I, you've already disinterested it yourself, so yeah. you, you have to imagine how how rough that is on a watcher. Yeah, and we, we said, Peter said, that that's the bummer of, that the story is kind of long and meandering and straightforward, so you miss out all the jokes that are packed into the end and all the animation and fun graphics. So we this week you'll see we use that as our guidepost what peter was saying about like if we're if we are watching it and we are drifting off pump it up a little bit and so you can see even with your character being um fairly soft-spoken then on screen that comes off as double it's it's everything that is everything looks bigger on tv yeah. Or smaller, for that matter. <laughs> or slower. Or slower. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this week we really kind of took that to heart and edited with that in mind. And so I'm really proud of last week's video. I like how it came out, and I, I'm especially digging my own performance. I really feel like I'm, like, getting this giraffe character. Um, but I, I think next week, next week's, which might be today, might be the same, yeah. same day when this goes up. Or tomorrow. It will be tomorrow. The, um, I think it's even better. The the <clears throat> the tough thing is with something like that. It is a peaceful day in the park, and that's really all it is. Is you're showing the park that's just around the corner from our apartment, and it's a quiet little story of seeing some old ladies and seeing a fellow student or an old student, and the music is a, a pastoral movement of uh, that just paints a picture of a nice day outside and that's in our in the SEO of a semi-secret park on an almost blue sky day yeah you'd expect to turn on that video and be like ah let's just look at a park and hear a story but no that's not fast enough <laughs> well, we gotta well, move, gotta get through this park in fairness that commenter did say something like this video is not for me but I can see, like, keep mm. posting in this forum because I can see that you're, you've got something. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, it was a mixed review and, like, actual helpful criticism, which is right. rare. Well, and I, to put that together of, like, even something that is a, a quiet story still needs to move along at a good clip. Yeah. When you're, when you're just kind of watching something, you've turned something on for five minutes. If it feels like it's 10 minutes, you're probably doing something wrong. Right. Well, and I think we also narrowed down to that there are certain types of stories that are not giraffe stories. Given that the mood we're trying to create with that kind of frantic, silly, goofy vibe, it shouldn't be stories about, I remember this mm. student. Like anything with any sentimentality at all just doesn't belong in the giraffe. Which is nice because there are, we have more stories on a daily basis about silly everyday things that you know are, are they're a little bit wacky and a little bit stupid and they're fun to talk about yeah and it's funner for a giraffe to talk about them in a wacky point of view yeah well right. and then the, that the the fun creative thing that we're trying there isn't tell heartfelt stories of students who've changed your life mm -hmm. we've even like, everybody's written those stories and we've even written those stories you can read them on our blog hellounclehorner.com <laughs> um, so we're, we're trying something different so that's different for us so that's that's the fun of it for us <clears throat> yep 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 um 
Anything to add, or we'll move on to Dragon Boat? I think move on to Dragon Boat. Okay. Which, so, what's Dragon Boat called? Um, oh, I thought that stayed in the same video. I forgot. <laughs> it is called the Trauma and Herb Baths. Dragon oh, that's Boat. right. That's right. And the, there's a couple things about this one. So, because we're posting videos from last year at an accelerated schedule... We've charged on through the summer. Dragon Boat Festival happens mid-June. <laughs> so we're, we've gotten ahead of ourselves. So this, we didn't expect it to do anything super duper big because it's not Dragon Boat Festival. That's not coming for another couple months. Um, but and it's if in, you don't follow blogs in particular, but mostly anything in social media to post way outside of the holiday yeah, it's, it's not at all time. Yeah, no one's looking for this. No one wants this. No one. If you see it, you're probably not going to be interested. Yeah. So we're, it's an uphill battle. Yeah. At this point, 31 views isn't too bad in two days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not Dragon Boat Festival. Maybe um, during Dragon Boat Festival, we can we can bring it back out again. Yeah, I, th I think that's our plan. Because yeah. that's. We have, I mean, we want to be as successful as possible, but we also don't want to drag out, we don't want to take another year to post this year's worth of videos. We want to get to our new stuff eventually. Um, so we posted it now, and it did okay, and we'll, we'll, we'll sell it again in the summer when it's, when it's on time. <laughs> when it's actual holiday. <laughs> when it's actual holiday. And the other, another thing about this video is, so we tell the story of the legends behind the Dragon Boat Festival, which involved the suicide... Don't watch the video. Well, I have... I... <laughs> <laughs> there are stories that involve various people committing suicide. And so the original title I had was Herb Baths and Suicide, which Peter rightly pointed out is... It's going to be a flag on YouTube. And... I don't know. It's a sensitive subject. I mean, that's... Well, there's enough people on YouTube in particular that use things like that as keywords to attract your attention like we were talking yeah. before. They're, I'm going to commit suicide is a red flag that YouTube is going to call somebody. And right, they'll... right. And yeah, we don't want to mess around with any of that. And we... There's... I wanted to find something in the tension between like, oh, it's a holiday that's about a poet drowning himself. Um... Which is not a centerpiece of the festivities at all, but it is part of the legend. But it's it's also maybe too sensational to sell that story on, so we changed it to trauma, which is a less loaded word, I think. Um, but as a video, I, I'm pretty proud of it. We we did a lot of production work on it, and I'll we did an interview as the centerpiece of it, which I'll talk more about in our next segment. Um, but, yeah, so it's a... It's, it's a sleeper for now. It's a sleeper for now, but we think over the summer it might it might pick up. We'll force it down somebody's throat. <laughs> it's an interesting video if you if you want to learn more about wonderful. Chinese cultural festivities. And soak it up now because we're not doing any more stuff like this after <laughs> this year. Done explaining holidays. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then names. Yes. Egg Brother and Others, common, extraordinary English names. Co no, common names for extraordinary common Chinese students. Common English names for extra extraordinary, extraordinary Chinese students. Yeah. 
Yeah, so this is a video that was about my relationship with giving English names to students or finding out their English names and also my own Chinese names and Peter's lack of a Chinese name. <laughs> it's common for all English teachers to be asked by their children to, yeah, to help yeah. them figure out some Or the parents in, or parents, in the yeah. kindergarten case. Um, and I've only ever had... Some of the older students don't want to choose a Chinese name, and I had one kindergarten student who was like, my name is Zhang. I'm not changing my name. And I was totally cool with that, because when I was a kid, I did not let other people call me by nicknames. They had to call me yeah. Emily. <laughs> my name long, is Emily. <laughs> took me long enough to figure out this name. <laughs> yeah. I'm not changing it again. Yeah. But so anyway, um, it's kind of common practice to be asked to give people English names and kids choose funny English names. And originally, I had just thought of like a five minute little explainer of, of you know, that's, that's what happens. Um, but Peter had this idea and we kind of brainstormed different aspects of names and culture and identity. And so I went out and filmed myself telling all these different stories and then like also had a list because I had I kept a ledger of one year all my students names when I had like hundreds of maybe thousands of students oh my goodness Tianfu was such a big school but and anyway so we we I told all these related stories about names and identity and Chinese culture and American culture and English and Chinese languages and Peter interwove them all together resulting in an 18 minute video yeah um, over. most most teachers it's, it's a common thing that we all talk about the that all the crazy names that the kids get into oh yeah like and so it, it's always a fun bit but you made the wise decision years ago to start making a list of them yeah so whereas a lot of people will say like oh i had all these I forgot most of them now. Yeah. You had a whole notebook. No, I list. had a, no a whole notebook. Yeah, a whole notebook full of them. So we just went through them and went, like, let, these are all wonderful. <laughs> and they're all, even if they're plain, like you point out a spoiler that there's like a bazillion Amy's. Oh, yeah, I know so many Amy's. <laughs> so, like, even that's interesting in the fact of, like, you know, one person's name is Egg Brother and then, like, 45 are Amy. Right. <laughs> like, it's, it's an interesting discussion um, that you had uh, that document of, of and I really think it's interesting how different people relate to having an English name like some some kids aren't interested at all and some kids are like I'm gonna go to school in Canada I need to have an English name I need to be ready or some are just like trying it on and like one day they're iPad and one day they're Kobe and one day they're Peter <laughs> or like um, our friend in Biving China wrote um, in the comments of the video that she had a child named Hardon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you do with that in class, but try and downplay it. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I, I just think the topic was really interesting, and I, I, I really loved that video, actually. I think it came out super well. But it's neat because it is one of the things that... The stories that, even though we were doing blogging for the first handful of years, um, 
there's stories that don't really work that well that we never told that way, but there are memories that we have, even some written down like that. That uh, that's a story that was you know a, a half a decade in the works. Yeah. So it actually is more than just you know a quick little story of you know here's something that happened to me today. It's not a vlog, but it's not like a documentary piece, but it's actually a personal story that people hopefully they can relate to. If you're a teacher, anyways, and it's interesting even if you're not. And I would say the structure is our one of our first steps away from linear narrative. Mm. Um, in direct contrast to Dragon Boat, which is the most conventional, like National Geographic Channel report, <laughs> <laughs> um, super straightforward. This one is more of these competing stories. Um, weaving in and out of each other and, and informing each other and also addressing separate ideas. That's definitely one of the areas where we really started to, to look at different ways we could try to start breaking down storytelling so that we're not just doing the average, here's what happened to me. Yeah, yeah. And it is, it's, it's more lyrical in nature and I think more abstract in what we're trying to accomplish with it. Um, but I really like that one. So go watch it. Go watch the whole thing. Good job. Because people are, what, watching like two minutes? Uh, no, the average is about six. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. A third of the video. Yeah, right. There's There's 18 <laughs> minutes of great stories about wonderful kids and their silly names that they've come up with by yeah. themselves. Um, and a little bit of help from you. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's really what it is. It would, people... People look up this information of like, tell me what it's like to be a teacher in China, and then you give them 18 minutes worth of great stories, and they watch for six minutes of it. Right. And then in the comments, they ask like, tell me exactly what I want to know. Right. <laughs> Actually, we except for. I'm going by other people. Yeah, except for ours. the actual. Here's how to get a job in China series. We don't get a lot of like, so, should I take this package or would you recommend this kind of school? Like, people what? don't ask us for advice because we pretty strongly put that off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't don't ask us for information about getting your visa or yeah. moving from province to province. And we've done it and it's boring. Go do it yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and don't, don't, we're not a how-to channel and we yeah. never will be. <laughs> we don't know how to do anything. No, we, we do know how to do stuff. It's just we're not telling you. Yeah. Figure it out yourself. That's part of the fun. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to homeschool film school. So as I promised, we're going to talk a little bit about interviewing people because the centerpiece of the Dragon Boat uh, film video is an interview with actually my coworker, who very helpfully explained a lot of the, the mythology and the traditions and the routines of the Dragon Boat Festival. Um, but I want to talk more broadly first about, so I used to, when I worked for the newspaper in New York City, I used to do a lot of interviews. I was an entertainment journalist and I used to get people on the phone or see them in person or, you know asking my questions. And the big benefit to print interviews 
is I can ask all the repetitive circular questions I need to to get the person to give me the information I need. Um, it does not have to be consumable live. I can write it into something coherent after. I, I'm just allowed to chase that information that I want. And that's a lot less pressure than doing it live. I, I didn't know if I'd be able to do it live. And the way I was able to do it live is that Catherine and I spent that whole morning before we did the interview talking about stuff that would be in the interview. She didn't know it, but I was, I was doing my research on her and asking her the questions that I would want to ask her later and nailing her down on questions. So I did like a whole pre-interview for pretty much the whole morning. Um, as she also was showing me around the school and showing us the school activity. So I would say that's the big, the big key to interviewing live is pre-interview. There should be, for this kind of thing, there should be very little that surprises you during the interview. I mean, you still, you'd still hope for some, some small tidbit that live feels exciting, but you don't want to be like caught off guard that you go into a whole different topic than you were expecting. Um, I think is how you make that work. And it's, it's part of, I mean, that's what, what, even in print, you do your research. You, you want to... Um... Well, there's nothing more embarrassing when you're watching a journalist to ask somebody questions and they know like nothing about the subject and you're just... The, the person being interviewed is just like, yeah, you didn't do any homework and... The person watching is like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know less about this than I do. Why are you telling me about this? And it's 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 important because you'd, you'd think, oh, well, I, all I'm doing is asking questions, so I get to ask the questions. But it is a waste of time if the questions you're asking are stuff that's readily available or that you, like, if your question is like, so what instrument do you play? Like, you should already know that stuff. <laughs> it's insulting and you'll make your subject shut down. Um... Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm the bass player. You can see on the back of the album cover. Yeah, yeah. I play bass. <laughs> but with, with Catherine, um, so we had an event at our school to celebrate the Dragon Boat Festival where we did some local customs. And so I, she like showed them to me and that's where I took the footage of those, those customs happening. And then I asked her all these questions and then I asked her some bigger questions about like the holiday itself. Which, some of it she had to, like, look up what the mythology was. So it was, like, that was crucial. Because in a live interview, we wouldn't have time to, to do that. And if she didn't know, I wouldn't want to, that's not a gotcha. I wouldn't want, I don't want to have someone on to make them look stupid. And it's not. You also don't want to film somebody looking up information on their phone. Yeah, that's also, that's also boring. <laughs> and so it was, like, I I was preparing for me and I was like leading her down the route that I wanted her to prepare for and I think that really worked out well. But I think uh, what we didn't do so well that we could have done better and if we ever do interviews again, um, we did not give her enough direction. I mean the big thing was that she's looking at the wrong camera the yeah, whole, the whole time. Um, but I think like, we could have done a lot more to make her feel at ease with the cameras. We had prepped the subject matter, but we didn't really 
give her any guidance as to what the experience of being on camera would be like. And also, I think there we was, could have done a lot more to help her feel at ease. Yeah, it, it, it even comes down to we had planned to do it outside. It was possibly going to be an okay day. It turned yeah. out raining. It was raining. So she wore a nice dress out to be interviewed, and then we were standing in, in the middle of a big walkway with umbrellas. Yeah. Like, kind of an uncomfortable, like, wait, what are we doing? Yeah. Situation. Yeah. And she was like, it was super generous of her to, to come do this for us and answer answer for me and and all of you. So tell me about all of your culture. <laughs> so that was like a really nice thing she did for and us. And I, I, I mean, she's still my assistant and we still, we're fine. Nothing and, happened because <laughs> of this. But I think like the video would have come out better if we had had. But um, still, she, she is very fun to watch. She had a couple of really nice stories. And she oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, it, it turned out well that um, she gave us some unexpected answers, which yeah. is really what you're hoping for. Yeah. Unexpected in the right way. Yeah. Um, unexpected, but on topic. Yeah. Well, well we, we hope to learn something. That's, that's the reason why a journalist should be doing something. Is yeah, yeah. That they're curious about something. Otherwise, you are just like... You know, just just read it off your phone. Why are you bothering to watch anything? Right. Well, yeah, because I guess that's the other danger. If you prep too much, it can come off as staged or reading, especially if, and Peter and I have talked about this a lot on this podcast and at home between us, like we are not actors. So some of it has to be the the live energy. Otherwise, it just sounds... Like we're reading to each other, and so if we had, if Catherine and I had rehearsed too much, I think that would have shown through in a bad way. So I, I think, informationally, we were at the right place, and we could have just done a little more. And I think I know how to do that, and you know how to do that. Yeah. It's also a different kind of situation too. Then um, there's a lot of it's a lot easier, especially in like a YouTube vlog kind of way. Just to ask, you know, your friend to come on and, mm -hmm. you know, you sit on the couch and you ask them something about, you know, something that they know about and you don't prep in anything and that comes off natural. But like usually those questions are, you know, something that you, you know, what uh, you've already had their aunt, you know, like what's it like, you know, dating in this town or, you know, how's your job doing? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Some basic stuff that it's easy for. But when it comes to something like, tell us about this thousands of year old history, right. and why, you're, why <laughs> the children in your town celebrate it the way that they do. And, yeah, in the a highly regionally variable country, and you're not from this region. <laughs> right. Why are you asking me? I'm not from here. <laughs> yeah. Which, actually, I do have an example where I did, was able to use my learning of, like, how to make an outsider more comfortable. Um, well, we did, we did a lot more interviews that are going to come up over the summer, and I think I did a much better job with those, and we'll talk about those more over the summer, but a video that's up now is our Christmas video, in which I got a child to act in my video, which was very exciting, and I knew from experience that getting him comfortable, especially because he's a kid, was going to be what made that work. And the first shot I had set up was like in a noisy hallway that I had not expected 
there to be kids in, but then they were having, turns out they were having gym class in that hallway. <laughs> and he just like shut down and was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And I was like, how about if we go into this quiet room? And he totally opened up and it was like, I needed to listen to what he needed to get it to come out. And I think, you know, it came out because I was, and like, yeah, it's an extreme example with a kid, but I think that is with anyone non-professional or professional, your job as the producer director is to, to put them in a comfortable place where they can give you the performance that you need. Yeah, so be kind um, to actors. They're, they're fickle, but for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Have, it's a have, hard job. Yeah, <laughs> they have emotions. But yeah, so for interviews, that, that prep, that factual prep is important, but then also like bringing them into the fold of of the production. They're not they're not a prop; they're a person, and and they need to feel comfortable too. That's my advice. Uh oh, <laughs> I gave advice. <laughs> That's my experience. Yeah, they're not props; they're people. <laughs> they're not props. They're Take that. Um, let's bring it home with a watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Okay, so our watch it this week is the Netflix series Russian Doll, which we are definitely not alone in recommending. So if if you need our recommendation to be the last one to kick you into watching it, go watch it. It's amazing. It is a puzzle box mystery. So we are we're not going to give any major spoilers away, but we are going to reveal the premise in about five seconds so if you don't want to hear anything about the show i respect that noodles to you we'll see you next week turn off your computer now but i i, I stick around i won't really spoil it <laughs> um russian doll is a show with natasha leone who is in orange is the new black yep at um, least as as <laughs> among so many other things she's been an actor since she was a kid um and this is her baby that she's been working on for years and years and years and years. It's so the premise, which is revealed in the first episode, so this is not giving too much away, is that she's living through a Groundhog's Day style experience, living the same day over and over and over again. But it's not it's not Groundhog's Day. They go to very different places than that movie goes. Um and it's just, it's so good. It's so, it's so funny. It's so touching. It's such a, it's a love letter to a, a New York that doesn't really, New York City that doesn't, doesn't exist. Or if it does exist, it's pretty endangered. Um, it's a little bit creepy. Yeah, it's a little bit creepy. Not scary. Not horror. Existential horror. Existential horror, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the main theme. Yeah, so. yeah. And I think what I really enjoyed about it is they very quickly establish the repetition, but show they they use the sameness to drive home the existential horror. Um, well, it, it doesn't feel repetitive. Yeah, it doesn't it's feel repetitive at all. It is the same scene, but it's not. It's always from a different vantage point. So. Yeah, yeah, and she's 
she's she's changing as a person even if she's going through the same moments over and over again and so it, it does like because she becomes again not a spoiler but very quickly in the first episode becomes aware of what's happening yeah she retains her memories of yeah. all the time so she she's motivated constantly to like yeah. now what do I do yeah and so it is um it does really make you think about like no less than what is what is my purpose here on earth um, it's just, it's, it's so good, and she's so funny. And as, as people that lived in New York for so long, there, there is a, the vibe of the city that really, yeah. being, being yeah. away for so long, it, it, it is kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, that place, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. I know that, <laughs> I know that feeling, I know that kind of party, I know those kind of people. Yeah, yeah. At least for us. Your yeah, so mileage may vary. It wasn't quite nostalgic, but it was like I was jealous of everybody's bathrooms that they showed. <laughs> <laughs> they had good, good apartments. Everyone actually. had a western toilet. Everyone had a western toilet, and an art in their bathrooms. <laughs> art on the walls. Yeah, um, but yeah, I guess we can't say too much else about it. Her performance is amazing. Yeah, she's really great. She she somehow she, uh, zones in and, and channels Peter Falk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's just amazing to watch. Yeah, and the whole cast. Yeah, everyone's good in it. It's yeah. Don't read anything else about it. Just go watch it. Yeah. Stop it. Unless right unless existential horror is too much for you, then don't watch. This it. will be too much for you. <laughs> Um, but let's wrap it up. Okay. How do we wrap it up? I think we say see you next week and noodles to you. <laughs>